We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Anthony Heron on 670 The Score. City! If you are within the sound of my voice, you get to the South Loop right now. This is the Miller Lite Chop Draft. We're here from Flo and Santos outside, taking it in. Not quite as, as warm and toasty as it has been for some of our other Miller Lite Chop Drafts we've had on Tuesday evenings up to this point. But not only is the weather manageable, but the Miller Lite is a flowing here at flowing santos it's a home game for me so i'm very comfortable being out here this evening i'm in walking distance of this fair establishment in the sloop so if you hear me on the streets if you hear me on the radio airwaves get out here to wabash Ave and make sure you get out to flow in santos because this is a spot that i am very very fond of for a variety of reasons one because i eat here quite a bit i have drank here on occasion as well we will see man the fan may even come out later on in the evening as well, so there's plenty for us to uh, to enjoy while we were out here at Flo and Santos on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, broadcasting to you uh, remotely, digitally, partly via the Hyundai Score Studios. But as I mentioned, we are here in the Sloop at Flo and Santos. So any texts, go ahead and give me a text at three one two six four four six seven six seven. Text on is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Safe time shop online at rosenhyundai.com. We will see what the phone lines end up doing throughout the evening, but because there is so much to get into, we may may not open up the phone lines too much because there is some information that we want to cover. You heard the train tracks out there. That's how we get down in the sloop. It's one of the uh, one of the things my sons, when, he, when, he's, uh, when he's come here to Flo and Santos with me, with the wife, he is very fond of the trains out here. So if you hear someone who sounds like a tiny human in the midst of a train rolling by near me and you hear a tiny person yelling, Daddy, it's a train, Daddy, train. That's probably going to be uh, my son. You, you've probably heard him at times where I've been broadcasting shows from my home. So if he ends up coming out tonight, you will likely hear him yelling about trains and train tracks at some point during the show as well. Uh, but there's so much sports news in the city right now because it is the Miller Lite top draft. We will, of course, have Bears legend Lance Briggs, who will join me later on this evening. He'll be on with me from about 7 to 8.30 during the show. I'm with you from now, from 6 o'clock all the way up till 9 p.m. Eastern, and uh, I will chop it up with you, with Lance, with others, about all the, the news that is upon us in the Chicago sports scene, and there's plenty of it. Very excited 
to talk about the Bulls as well with their 4-0 start, what the last remaining undefeated team in the Eastern Conference, if I'm not mistaken. So there'll be plenty of fun to talk about related to the Bulls. And we will make sure you are aware of some of the specials that are involved in the, the Miller Lite top draft here. Also, you have opportunities to win uh, tickets to the Miller Lite Loft that'll be out in an upcoming Bears game as well. So we'll give you the details on a lot of those activities, but the details about what's happening as we'll talk Bears and Bulls and, and you name it, but the Blackhawks, obviously one of the main storylines in the city that got its next little inkling of where things head today. Big news that Stan Bowman has been asked to, or I guess we can assume he's been asked to step aside. He is stepping aside as the Blackhawks made folks aware today. Stan Bowman released his statement. Uh, I wasn't overly impressed with the statement, so I, I won't need to go into detail, let's say, about what was in the statement. He was respectful, Blackhawks, uh, perhaps overly respectful of, of his, uh, his exit from the organization. But the findings have come out from the Jenner and Block investigation into the allegations uh, against uh, Brad Aldrich, a former team employee, about assault of a, a minor league hockey player uh, from the Blackhawks. So we've actually got James Navot, who's with me on the line right now, so we can get into some of the details, some of the minutia, what's gotten us to this point, and what will be to come as well. You can find James on Twitter, at James Navot. He's of NBC Chicago. He runs their digital content, in charge of sports and digital content over there at NBC Chicago. So James, really appreciate you joining me to, to sort of help break down where we're at right now. And I think it's probably important to refresh a few folks about what got us here. And then we can transition into to talking about where things may go from here. So first off, James, I'm just I'm curious for your thoughts on, on what came out of the, the Jenner and Block report today. Were there any things that you would term as sort of new revelations or surprises from the reporting that, that yourself and others have been doing before now? I think the only new things potentially that came out of this were obviously details about the meeting that occurred after the encounter that was reported in Chicago and is the subject of the lawsuit that the Blackhawks are facing. That meeting, which included Joel Quenville, Stan Bowman, Al McIsaac, John McDonough, those details have not been publicly known until now, and ultimately it's those details that resulted in Al McIsaac and Stan Bowman no longer working for the Blackhawks, both individuals participating in the meeting. The meeting ended with the assumption that the matter would be handled by John McDonough and that it would be handled after the postseason. I think that those details about that meeting are obviously new revelations. And then it's also a new revelation that the incident between John Doe and between Brad Aldridge was one where the two individuals had vastly different recollections of what happened. John Doe obviously described a sexual assault and one that he obviously has now filed a lawsuit with the Blackhawks about not doing anything about. And Brad Aldridge termed the encounter as a consensual one. And I think that those both were uh, new revelations that came forward from the report that was issued today and I think kind of shed some light on kind of where we are both from the organizational standpoint and from the standpoint of the lawsuit that is still pending against the team. And of course one of the more troubling sort of you know, pieces of information in the entire matter is that there is a John Doe number one who was involved with the Blackhawks organization and of course a John Doe number two who ended up being allegedly an additional victim of Brad Aldrich as he was, you know, sort of thrust into a, another opportunity to work with young athletes. But in, in dealing with John Doe number one and, and where the Blackhawks uh, fell short 
of their responsibilities to to you know make sure things were, were made aware to the proper people. From Stan Bowman's statement today, he seemed new to you know really pass the buck and, and say that he he informed his superiors and he sort of washed his hands of it at that point. Well, mm -hmm. What are your impressions of what Stan Bowman did or didn't do? And John McDonough certainly didn't come out of the, the Jenner and Block report uh, looking like he, he is anything less than a main culprit either. No, certainly not. And you alluded to Stan Bowman's statement where he kind of explained his reasoning and his stance on the entire issue. And he obviously his recollections were also put in that report. And basically the contents of that meeting ultimately was that John – John McDonough said that he would handle it, according to Stan Bowman. He said that he would handle the issue. Joel Quenville, the former coach of the Blackhawks, now with the Florida Panthers, according to the report, kind of indicated that he wanted the matter to kind of be shelved until after the postseason. And ultimately, that is what ended up happening. Aldrich was let go by the Blackhawks after the Stanley Cup final. And I think that is probably one of the worst revelations of all, is that the Blackhawks, through all of this, even after knowing that this had occurred, or had potentially occurred, continued to let Brad Aldridge remain around the team. They were they allowed him to remain as the team's video coach, was with them through the end of the Stanley Cup final, and ultimately during those uh, celebrations that followed that Stanley Cup win, he allegedly had unwanted sexual advances on another staffer with the Blackhawks. So I think that in addition to just the unsavory nature of the fact that Joel Quinville and the other members of the Blackhawks brass decided to shelve this because it was so much more important to focus on winning the Stanley Cup and on playing in the playoffs. The fact that they allowed Aldrich to continue to be with the team after that, and then it ultimately resulted in him, uh, like I said, going through with unwanted sexual advances towards another intern with the Blackhawks, it's just unconscionable and a complete failure by the organization to address a very serious issue. And the fact that they allowed him to have his name put on the Stanley Cup, to bring the Stanley Cup to his hometown after everything that went on was just once again just completely tone deaf and completely ignorant to the fact that he may have committed this type of uh, atrocious act. James DeVoe of NBC Chicago with me here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score discussing where things sit currently with the Chicago Blackhawks. And you, you referenced the, the fact that, that Brad Aldrich was willing, was able, was allowed to continue his employment with the team after these allegations were initially made. Take us back to that time. And part of it is, is detailed in the report that came out today. In 2010, when, when, these things, when, when these things were allegedly taking place and when the fallout from them were first beginning, where the Blackhawks were at in, in the infancy of what became one of the great dynasties of recent NHL memory. And part of what came out in the report was that supposedly John McDonough ended up saying that this, this would hurt. PR, that this would hurt the perception of the Blackhawks as they were seeking that first Stanley Cup of three within the decade. Take us back to that time. Sure. The incident occurred um, after the series against the Vancouver Canucks, which is or around the time of that series with the Canucks. So the Blackhawks were in the playoffs. It was the second consecutive year that they were in the postseason. They ended up beating the Canucks and advancing to the conference finals. And it was after the conference final that the brass of the Blackhawks was made aware of these allegations by the HR department. And John McDonough, as you alluded to, said that there were 
a lot of instances in the past of his past employment with the Cubs where you have no idea whether or not you're going to get back to the postseason or you're not going to get back to this point in the postseason. And so he kind of viewed it as this sacred opportunity, and he was in favor of kind of burying it until after the postseason was over. And Joel Quinville echoed similar themes. He said that he wanted his team to focus on hockey, he wanted the attention to be on the sport and on the games, and so he also had kind of advocated for that kind of punting of the issue until after the postseason, and obviously the Blackhawks hadn't been in the Stanley Cup final for almost 20 years when this all occurred, and so they wanted the focus primarily and ultimately to be on hockey and not on anything else, and that's exactly what they did, and they ended up beating the San Jose Sharks in the conference final, and they beat the Philadelphia Flyers in the Stanley Cup final and there were the massive parties afterwards and obviously the Blackhawks got all of that notoriety that comes with winning a a championship for the first time in half a century but all of that stuff was still going on behind the scenes and ultimately came to a head about about six or seven days after they won the Stanley Cup that Brad Aldridge was ultimately let go by the organization. Joe Quinville, now the coach of the Florida Panthers, and you know what you just referenced there about Coach Q, and of course he's a, you know, has been a, a beloved figure here in Chicago sports for so long, with all the success that he had in winning three championships with the Blackhawks, going to the Stanley Cup, but now that he continues his employment in the National Hockey League, it's one thing for the Blackhawks to sort of let everyone know, well, no executives who were involved with the team in 2010 are still with us at this point, but you still do, you still do have some individuals who are working in the NHL. What, what do you see as, as next steps or what, what may come of the fact that Joe Quenville is still in the league right now? I think ultimately the big question that Joel Quenville will have to answer is to account for the discrepancy that ended up occurring because he had said earlier this summer that he had no knowledge of these allegations against Brad Aldridge until it was reported in the media. And the contents of this report indicate that that is false, that Joel Quenville was in that meeting following the playoff series, knew that these allegations had been levied and kind of had let his feelings be known. Now, whether or not he knew how serious, obviously, the allegations were is something that we don't necessarily know. Obviously, there were a lot of different uh, feelings, a lot of viewpoints on what had occurred, and obviously Joel Quenville uh, said that if he, he has to account for that discrepancy, and Gary Bettman said that he does want to talk to him, I think ultimately if this is the level of kind of, I don't want to say cover-up because that's obviously a very loaded term, but if this is the level that it had gotten to where they had said they needed to punt on this, I think that Joel Quenville should be just as accountable as anybody else that was named in that report that had known about the previous events, and that also goes for Kevin Dayoff, the general manager of the Winnipeg Jets, who was with the Blackhawks at the time that this occurred, he also needs to be held accountable. And that's why I think that it's so important now that this report has been passed on to the NHL, they're the ones who are going to have to handle that particular discipline. And it's going to be very interesting to see moving forward how Gary Bettman and the rest of the league kind of handle the revelations that have come forward in this report. The Blackhawks have been fined $2 million by the NHL office. We'll see, like you referenced, if anything else occurs from the league's perspective as far as sanctions. But you know, one of the things that, that does seem to stand out is that you know, Rocky Wirtz was obviously was and still is the owner of the team. Danny was not involved, supposedly, with things when this was going down in 2010. Correct. But what, 
you know, it, it's very rare that you would see anything happen to the owner of a franchise in a professional sports league when, when sanctions are going down with their team, when they individually run afoul of the law, when folks in their stead, in their employ, run afoul of the law. It very rarely reaches the, the ownership level for any sanctions that happen. Do you anticipate the, the NHL, you know, doing anything, diving into detail with the, the Wurtzes themselves and what they knew or what they allowed? I get the sense that they probably are not going to do that based on the contents of the report. I know that there has been some kind of criticism of the report that it completely absolved Rocky Wirtz of knowing anything about the allegations that had been levied against Brad Aldridge. And obviously there had been criticisms of the fact that the Blackhawks had paid for this investigation and had, you know, asked the attorneys to conduct uh, this inquiry. I, at the same time, I feel like if this is where it is going to end up, that the report does say Rocky Wirtz, there was indicated he did not know about these allegations. I can't see the NHL going beyond what they've already done. They find the Blackhawks, as you alluded to, $2 million. Some of that money is going to go to local sexual assault advocacy organizations in the Chicago area. I think that's a really good positive step. I think the NHL will encourage the Blackhawks to continue to make those types of investments and will kind of encourage the Blackhawks to uh, obviously comply with any new mandates that come out in the NHL about the handling of these types of allegations. I think beyond that, I don't see the organization itself and Rocky Wirtz is included in that. I don't see them being subject to any additional discipline. The only caveat I will add to that is these legal cases are still pending, both with John Doe in this instance and with the other case that's pending about the black with the Blackhawks in terms of the Aldrich assault in the, the high, with the high school uh, team in 2013. Those uh, court cases are still pending, and obviously if any more revelations come out, if these things go to trial and we learn new information or that people within the organization weren't necessarily truthful in cooperating with this investigation, then I think that obviously the door would then be reopened. But I think just based on what this is and assuming that there ends up being some type of settlement in the case, I don't see the NHL uh, putting any more sanctions on the Blackhawks or on Rocky Wirtz. And you allude to, to one last thing I wanted to, uh, to get to you on, James, the fact that we had Susan Loggins, the attorney for John Doe 1 and John Doe 2, she was on with Parkinson Spiegel in the afternoon here addressing where her clients are at at the moment and, and where things may go with the Blackhawks here. Obviously, John Doe 1, her, her initial client, was in the, the Blackhawks organization. John Doe 2 was not, and that's where the, the fact that the Blackhawks are the, the – indication that the Blackhawks allowed a, a predator to essentially roam free from that point and victimize at least one and, and potentially others. Do you see the, the potential for, you know, you're not a lawyer, but additional exposure from the Blackhawks? Where, where do you see the, the legal case for the team itself going? It's really tough to tell. Uh, in the report, it's alluded to the fact that the Blackhawks no longer have Brad Aldrich's personnel file. Uh, it, it's no longer in their possession, so we never know like what kind of evaluations he got from the Blackhawks. We obviously aren't necessarily sure of what kind of endorsements that he was given as he kind of went to these other jobs. I think that that, that second case uh, has always been the one that has kind of been more... Real quick, James, I, real quick just to clarify one point sure. with that, because perhaps it was, like, is the indication that it was torn up and thrown in a fireplace, or was it seized by someone legally where they don't have access to it anymore? Why wouldn't they have a personnel file? 
Oh, I'm sorry. They they tried to obtain the file, and they also had tried to obtain some other emails and other records, and it appeared that the Blackhawks either did not have a conclusive system to retain that kind of information, or they did, and they ultimately did not. I think that was the case with uh, emails that Brad Aldrich and John McDonough had sent. Some of those were lost because the Blackhawks didn't necessarily go with their retention policies for emails. So it did not appear to be like some type of nefarious thing. It's just that it was kind of a uh, team-wide, organization-wide uh, filing issue that it seemed had come up with that. And obviously, I'm not going to speak to the motivations on why those uh, filing procedures weren't followed or weren't uh, put into place. But yeah, that that was kind of what I was alluding to, is they said that some of that information was not available to them for that reason. So I think that... Uh, Obviously, with John Doe, too, I think that that case has always been the one that the Blackhawks have been more, I don't want to say scared by, but it's definitely the one that seems to hold more legal weight. I think that Jay and I, in the interviews we've done for the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast, that's kind of been the prevailing theme is that John Doe won statute of limitations, the fact that John Doe won is an adult, all of those things kind of play into that and make it so it's probably not going to be as much of a legal liability for the Blackhawks at the end of the day. That second case has been the one that the Blackhawks, I think, have been most I would say probably concerned about, and it's one that I think could end up yielding some additional revelations potentially. So as long as that's, excuse me, as long as that's still out there, I don't think you can rule out any additional revelations, any new insight into this case. I think that the Blackhawks, it does seem like they want to either get the cases dismissed or to settle them. But again, I'm not a lawyer. It just seems that that second case is the one that kind of still holds the intrigue in terms of any new potential additional information. Well, as much as the Blackhawks have been struggling on the ice, this uh, news as of today, I suppose if you're going to credit them with anything, report is known, made known to them yesterday, and they come right out into the media with it today. But that's pretty much when your credit ends for the moment. But credit you, sir. Really appreciate the, the time and the information, and look forward to chatting this up again because it doesn't seem like the story ends here, James. Thank you, Mr. Aaron. Appreciate it a lot. Thank you so much for having me on. That is James DeVoe of NBC Chicago. And as he referenced there, he's with Jay Zawoski on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. You can find that on Twitter at MadhousePod. So not a, not a fun story. We usually uh, begin the show on these Miller Lite top drafts, a little more revelry with folks in the house and whatnot, but that is a huge story in the Chicago sports scene that continues to develop. So certainly uh, behooves us to make sure we're keeping folks updated on that. I did also promise, though, we're going to talk some Bulls. So we will do that next here on The Score as there's a, a, lot of, a, a lot of fun being had at the United Center by one of the other occupants there at the basketball arena. And uh, thanks to James Nouveau for joining us there. Guests join us on The Score Hotline presented by Circle Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Some Bulls talk on the way here, and we are working our way up to Bears legend Lance Briggs, who will join me here as he does every Tuesday night for the Miller Lite top draft. We are at Flo and Santos in the South Loop. I was able to stroll on over. I will very soon, very quickly, be dining while I'm on the air. I mean, I may not be in mid-chew while I'm actually talking here, but love the pizza at Flo and Santos. Love the, the pierogies at Flo and Santos. I was talking to Lawrence about the pierogies just yesterday when I was on with him talking bears. Of course, love the Miller Lite here as well. So the drinks are flowing, the food is being had. I'm usually a deep dish pizza guy myself, but I love the thin crust 
here at Flo and Santos also. So there's all kinds of things to consume. So make sure you are here with us throughout the evening to do that. You can come see us over on Wabash as I will be here with you until 9 p.m. And in just over, just about 35 minutes, Bears legend Lance Briggs will be with me as well. I'm Anthony Heron here at Flo and Santos. This is the Middle Light Top Draft on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.